Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. And I am back with an all-new episode of Keep It, but I'm in New York. Hey. Hello, hello. Um, I am once again joined by Aminatu So. Hey. Are you, happy to, are you happy to be back? Yo, you are the only person that can get me in a Manhattan studio. So, I, <laughs> like, you need to understand that I, like, this is delightful. The power. The power. The and... Power. Hannah Georges. Hello. You How's are going? here. I am. Despite the rain and the nonsense, I am here. A vision um, in orange, I must say. Thank you. It's very I have, autumnal. I have loved Hannah since we were back in the trenches. At, oh my God. <laughs> at El Buzzfeed. I always oh, wow. forget. Y'all yeah. were in the same digital minds. I we forgot were. about this. Yes. We were. We were. Uh, and now you are killing it at the Atlantic. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in New York. That's why. Kara and Lewis are not here at the moment. Please do not attack me online. <laughs> I think you mean please do not attack Amina and Hannah online. <laughs> right, right. We I... are just guests. Like, <laughs> right. That your regular host will be back next week. Please I'm don't so get sorry. angry at <laughs> us. Thanksgiving episode, but Ooh. I just want to let people know I was in New York for a wedding. Okay, and, who got married? Uh, my, my, one of my best friends oh. for, of 11 years. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. I That's, mean, I was, looking, to you. I was looking good. Oh. Um, <laughs> Do you like being a wedding guest? You know what? When I was like a barista, no. Because I was like, <laughs> how am I going to put this how outfit far together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How far do I have to travel? <laughs> now I'm like a suit, some new shoes. Let's turn it up for the gram. <sighs> Thank God we're rich. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The usage of we is curious. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> by rich, I just really mean, um, thank God we have access to credit that we did not used to yes. have. Yes. Um, um, you know. And then when I leave here, I am flying to Paris. Oh, okay. Okay. I is rich. All right. <laughs> I'm tell you this. All right. He yes. has a passport. First of all, oh. he's got stamps. You're part oh. of like Black Travel Twitter now. Oh, I like no. can't. Wait. No, 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 do you no. do you remember when Amanda Seals on Twitter yes. was like, uh, "Yes, I already." <laughs> if you're not spending your money on a passport instead of some Jordans, <laughs> I said, "Sis, what?" Yeah, but like. Man, yeah, it's it's so wild how travel, yeah, like Instagram travel is such a thing in a way that you both want to celebrate and also you want to throw everybody off a bridge at the same right. time. Right. I like Instagram travelers more because I feel like my friends who travel on Instagram are just always on vacation. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'm like, they must either be rich or or they're they, liars. Or they, or, they, or they went or they went for. I have one friend who I know went to like Mexico City or like Cuba for a week 
those photos have been rolling out yes. for eight months. No, That's how you I, do listen, it. That's love, how you do it. Later, Graham. Right. Social strategy. Let's go. <laughs> like, you were at the bar last night. You are not yep. in Havana. Nope. Right. No, no, no. Havana. Give us a TBT. You're like, I don't yeah, care. You left the country one time 10 years ago. Roll it out. <laughs> slowly. <laughs> listen, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think, I think it's okay. It's just that it has become such a status symbol to travel. We, it is. Which is so Travel we, Twitter is even worse. Yeah. yeah. Tra- well, American travel common, Twitter yes. is just very bad. No, like African some of us travel too. because, I mean, yeah, African travel Twitter like is always. Afropolitan Twitter is. Afropo- Afropolitan mm. everything is terrible. See, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Hannah <laughs> well, like, and I have feelings because we're diaspora babies. <laughs> so, you know, it's like where all of our blacknesses intersect. Yeah. The, it's the just bad like, parts of it are really amplified. Right. Mm. It's very like, I'm going to Lagos, but I was just in London. It's just, it's very, right. it's and a I'm specific. Like, kind of like diplomat type you know it's it's yeah. all all of the things sort of wrapped in one in a way that i think american travel twitter's problems are largely around class right mm. and the thing about like diaspora afropolitan travel also is that it's not honest about the reality of immigration mm. like that's why it makes mm-hmm. me really mad it's mm-hmm. like in this backdrop of the conversation that we're having about you know that the, the evil travel caravan that is coming yeah, to yeah, invade yeah. us. Um, that there is not a more nuanced conversation about like I like I feel this acutely because I am part of this population. And to be clear, like I'm an African person who is also an asylee. Like I travel under a refugee passport. It is not easy. Um, you know, but I'd be going places. <laughs> um, you know, but like yeah. there's never this acknowledgement of like yes, like self care, sure, like you're traveling, but also. Borders are a real thing that a lot of people have to contend with. Right. And so to treat it as this, you know, like, cavalier thing of privilege as opposed to having a deep conversation about who is allowed to go places and what it means when you go places, or especially for African people when we travel and we're jet-setting, we're just going to visit family. Nobody is doing... Like, you know, (laughs) we're not paying for hotels in Lagos. We are not paying for, like, Airbnbs in Addis. Like, we are going to visit our families. Yeah. And so, like... You can't floss when you share a bed with your grandma is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, put her in a picture. Like at least one, mm-hmm. you know? Don't like yeah, it's it's frustrating, I think. And like the the sort of idea that all of us have equal access to travel is a really frustrating one, right? Like my yeah. mom can't hop on certain fl- you know, it's just right. let's, let's get into that a little bit, as opposed to the right. like sort of reflexive, well, Africans have wealth too. And just so you know, like this stereotype right. isn't real. It's like what are who are we doing this for? Why are we performing. I know, but I like mean, as an I African person. Chadwick Boseman. Oh my God. Well, the Wakanda travel agency, on the <laughs> other hand, is an equal opportunity travel Wakanda agency. Wakanda flights are now going to seven different countries. <laughs> but like, but Hannah, doesn't, doesn't it drive you a little nuts? Like, here, like for me, when I talk to other African people who do not under, like whenever there is a judgment of why African Americans do not travel or why they're yeah, so, yeah. why they're so excited that you know, that they're like, I don't know, 27 and you're getting a passport for right. the first time, that there's not an acknowledgement from a lot of African people that there are structural reasons right. for why yeah. African-Americans for a long time did not travel. I was like, well, um, I'm like, mm-hmm. have you heard of Jim Crow laws? Like, have you heard of thing. the, you uh, know, the green, uh, the green travel book? Have you the suburbs, let totally. alone, let alone Leon. Right. I was right. like, they, wouldn't, right. they didn't right. let them go to the beach. Like, I don't know what you're thinking, right? Or, or the fact that, like, this is generational, right? It's right. like, if you... Your parents grew up in a way where travel is restrictive, and then you add on top of that like college debt and like all right. sorts of things. There are reasons that people are discovering like Chiang Mai as adults, and for like very, I don't know. I feel strongly about this because I come from a community of like bratty diplomat mm-hmm. kids. You know, like yeah, 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 yeah. We were the kid. Like the first time I was on a plane, I was ten. Like I've been an unaccompanied yeah. minor my whole life. I, yeah. Like I, you know, 
that thing. But it just, I just wish like black people would have unified, like nuanced conversations. And when you think of the people who do go to Europe, it's always, you know, it's like, oh, you know, Tina Turner fled to Europe. You know, it's like <laughs> right. James Baldwin right. wrote there. It was right. always right. sort Josephine of Baker. Mm-hmm. who right. had to flee to America from, from yeah. racism. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, I'm just taking a little excursion here right. in between semesters. Right. But it, like, I, Nina Simone's not like, I love Switzerland, so I'm right. out here skiing, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, that's not, <laughs> that's like, that's not what's going on. Yeah, you know? a famous Nina Simone quote. Um, no, I think that... Switzerland mountain. <laughs> Young, gifted mountain, skier. No. Bear strange snow. <laughs> Young, black, and ski. Yo, we could talk about travel all day, but we, we have a show to do. Uh, fine, I, I know. guess. Um... Coming up later, we will be joined by playwright Jeremy O'Harris. He has a new play. It is called Slave Play, and it's Ooh. opening up at the New York Theater Workshop. Just something like, just something I, like Slave Play. Okay, I, cool. I told a friend that I saw Jeremy's play. He was like, "Oh, that 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 is a title." <laughs> it is. It's provocative. Um, and now I want to trick every like white podcast anchor into saying it. I was like, <laughs> "Can you read this ad for me, please?" Uh, and later we'll be talking about. The midterms and who's that? Who's she? <laughs> Just a little recap. I've never felt that emotion. I don't know her. Listen, there was a blue. Um, no, no. There was, there, there was a blue. Oh, you uh, talking about that blue Kool Aid? Y'all a, been talking about? There was a blue. Uh, I think it was sprinkling outside. Right. Sprinkling. Uh, a light drizzle. A drizzle. <laughs> a blue, blue drizzle. drizzle. <laughs> a blue drizzle of hope. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Last week, Pete Davidson got himself in some hot water when he likened newly elected Republican congressional candidate Dan Crenshaw to a hitman from a porno due to the fact that he has an eye patch, which he wears after he lost an eye serving in Afghanistan. A lot of people were upset about this online. Keenan Thompson even told him that he missed the mark with his joke. And Keenan Thompson is doing public <laughs> statements. This is wild. From orange soda to public statements. Mm. Um, but then on Saturday, Pete apologized on Weekend Update while also being joined by Dan Crenshaw, who made some jokes about Pete, and they had a good old laughing time. Except for the fact that none of us are talking about the fact that he is part of the alt-right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he is pro-gun, anti-abortion, he anti-affordable. He was on a Facebook group. Like, that's, you need to explain what happened. Act. Yes. I hate He's that also sentence. on a far-right Facebook group called The Tea Party. Which is, <laughs> which just is a, a bunch Nazi of ra- group? Yes. Yeah. It's not like fake Nazis. It's like legit Nazis. Right. Yes. And now the media is portraying him as like the decent face of the Republican mm-hmm. Party. Which right. Is- All of the tweets were just sort of people being like, uh, thank you so much to Pete for honoring our vets. Okay, can okay. I say um, many things about this? First of all, SNL, why are, why is it on? Why do we talk about it? Correct. That's a different story. 
The second thing, I am ashamed to say that I actually watched the clip and they should replace everybody on SNL with the Nazi uh, guy because he was hilarious. Okay, yeah. <laughs> His delivery was great. I was like, oh my God, you are a better actor than all of these right, people. Right, right. I feel conflicted about that. Well, you got to get people, well, you got to be good if you want to get people into the Nazi party. It's like, you true. have to be charismatic. So to be fair, he is charismatic. Yeah. He was charming. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is that like, if he gave me a pamphlet Pete, no, on his Tea Party didn't Facebook have the charisma group, to keep I would look Ariana. Okay, well, that's Crenshaw a whole other, mm. has the charisma to get you to be a Nazi. Why? That's why he was an administrator. Why do you think? Well, actually, I think repeat, we all know the answer to this. I am frustrated with Pete Davidson because it's one thing to have like a very public breakup, but it's another thing to keep like shoving it down all of our throats, right? You know. And also, I was like, you you were a relevant person. You were not as relevant as the person that you Certainly were dating. Not. Um, it just is giving me shades of like how Justin Timberlake still talks about Britney Crimey, Spears and Crimey in, like, River, very yes. terrible. Yes, you know, and everybody lets it slide. I was right. like, actually, I dragged this him last is, week. I was like, this is <laughs> this is part. Of, but you know what I mean? It is like truly part. I was like, this is like this is all misogyny. I don't like yeah. this. Yeah, you were like, you broke up with somebody. Like, sure, we've all read about it, whatever. Also, thought, Ariana maybe... now knows that you can't date people just because they're tall. You know, right. like, that'll confuse uh. you about everything. <laughs> I thought that this one, this reference was actually slightly funny because it was, once again, Dan's, like, phone rang at the end of the thing, and it was Ariana's new single. I know, but and it's I was like, like well, give her that punchline, But it was like, give her that promo. Well, it, sure. she doesn't need that promo from S- like SNL. One, it, right? SNL is who is getting promo from her. She you know was promoing I mean? her to the alt right, <sighs> Amina. She doesn't need that. Okay, they already they're, have Taylor no. Swift. They're, they're over, not looking no, they're for over Taylor. No, they're, they're over not. Taylor. They don't have her Taylor anymore. told people to vote. It's true. Taylor, <laughs> so, well, Taylor had to disassociate herself. It's not gonna be Ariana, but you know, I'm just like, I'm just tired of all these men. The commentary was dumb, and also it just feeds back into the fakeness of decorum that we love right. in this country. The Pete Davidson's joke was bad. It was bad. It was rude. He should not have said it. I, I hate, actually thought the joke was funny. Listen, I hate when people make jokes like that, like liberal people, and then they know that it's risky, and then they apologize immediately. Right. I was like, say it with your whole chest or don't say it at all. Exactly. Well, yeah. Because you you, are... know, you knew that it was going to be a controversial joke right. because he lost. Exactly. So either own it or either don't. Either own it or don't. But then don't make it about how like the rest of us all have to like talk to our neighbors and we have no, to whatever. I, I don't have like, to do anything. I, I don't need to learn a lesson about decorum or kindness or anything from SNL or Pete Davidson. Like I am happy with how I live my life. Like, right. Thank you very much. Well, it also, I think in all the discourse about stuff like this, right, it becomes about vets in general mm-hmm. and like the military and not about this one individual person or like this individual interaction, right? So then the rest of us have to bear the weight of the larger conversation. It's like, why are we doing this? It's Again, sort of it's like a, the, with the police, yeah. you know, oh. where it's like one, one person, um, we can't talk about this one person being bad, you know? Right. It's always like, blue lives matter. And, you know, it's like, now, now it's like I'm like you're not, you're not even blue. You're not even blue. You're not even blue. What is a like, blue life? Yeah. What is a blue? Are you smart? Smurf lives matter. Fuck blue lives. Mariah is skinny. Do you remember that meme? Yes. <laughs> For everyone just now, there's someone. Someone was like responding to Tommy Laren, who was going on and on about blue lives matter, and literally a Mariah Carey fan responded, "Fuck blue lives. Mariah is skinny." And the funniest part about that thing is it became like a meme but also um cat mcphee at one point liked that tweet and then tommy laren tweeted 
I thought that you were better than this, Kat oh. McPhee. And I'm like, it wasn't Kat McPhee. It's the gay intern who tweets for her. <laughs> Levels. But also, Ira, I will say that you were breaking black code. We don't say her name, remember? Who? Tomato lasagna. She oh. was like, we can't say her name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It's the only good thing Wale did for us. Well, you know what? <laughs> I was like, say her name wrong. Right, I, only said, I only said it once. I only said it once, okay? If I say it two more times, she will appear and make me listen to Charlemagne. <laughs> <sighs> okay, the levels of where this conversation has gone are really scaring me. Um, so let's, back. let's back away yes. from this cul-de-sac of over. Anyway, Hannah, you were talking about the fact that, you know, like, we are always sort of pressed into this like reference deference and right. you know right. to people who are like in the military and it's like can we acknowledge that this person yes was in Afghanistan and yes he did fight to defend our country but in his mind he was fighting to defend the white people right or it's it's just a use it's it's just a distraction in the sense that oh god i hate that word too now distraction like, <laughs> everything's a distraction everything in it's the like, ocean i know this president it's like words don't mean things anymore right nothing <laughs> yeah but just you know so we move away from talking about the individual occurrence that happened and like what Pete da- who Pete Davidson is or who like who this specific person that we're talking about is and what they stand for and suddenly it becomes again the larger question of patriotism and whether or not like people are upholding that and mm-hmm. that's not that's not what we started talking right. about right and dissent is patriotic like they the thing about the thing about having the reason that we can be proud that we have a military that fights for us is that they fight for these rights that we should all have right and so that's, that's to, you can't speak right oh, yeah. so it's like the way that the way that the paternalism always asserts itself is that <sighs> people in uniform are somehow more they're more worthy of you know like all, like every single right but truly it's just like you know as a famous activist once said watch whiteness work <laughs> like what is really what is like what's really happening here is that Mm. I it, love it, Avery. There people, you know what I mean? There are people... <laughs> this, this conversation frustrates me because I used to work with veterans. I worked in an organization called Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. And in this generation, we have the lowest contact with veterans. They're right. the fewest number of people yeah. in service. And so, therefore, they're not in the cultural and public consciousness in the way that they should be. And... Veterans, like especially of this generation, people that are our age and people that are younger are actually people who are very complicated. They are three-dimensional people. They have very complicated feelings about why they are why they served and you know and what happened and policy or whatever. Um, they are undoubtedly brave people. They are patriots, but they are also not. Um, they're not assholes. They're not the ones who are like, hey, I'm in a uniform, so like treat me better. That's right. you know, it's like the people who do that are people in power who are trying to divide all of us. Right. It's weird and for me as, because I and actually... use them as shields. Right, I, or like rhetorical I actually tools, grew yeah. up, you know, in a, you know, military and sort of police family. So it's like I am used to seeing them as people. You know, my grandmother was a sergeant major in the army. Right, there's um, like people my, of color yeah, in the service. My Shocker. mother was um, a sheriff in Milwaukee. You know, what? my sister uh, <laughs> works for a correctional facility in uh, Indiana. My uncle, who I got my middle name for, was in the Marines. You know, so it's like I am used to, and I, so then I always was around, you know, sort of like yeah. military people, especially um, since we used to travel with my grandmother, depending on where she was stationed. Um, and so I have just always had this sort of, yes, respect for the military, um, and especially knowing that many people in my family did it, um, but also seeing them as real people and not having that sort of 
reverence, you know, like there's Zeus on high, you know, um, particularly because um, Zeus of all of all of all the gods, particularly because, you know, it's funny that you talk about like, you know, the military will make someone more like a uniform will make someone more worthy yeah. when it's often um, sort of the people who have no other opportunities in our society who we make become like right. police officers and soldiers. Totally. You know, it's, it's not like, like we're paying them millions you, of doubloons to like do these right. jobs. It's for some it's like, oh, to pay their college tuition. The, the or only like, opportunity yes. to leave your small town, the like how you get an education, how you can buy a house, all of that stuff. Right. And then afterward are treated sort of by social services as though they don't matter. Either. And afterward, so the president like, won't even visit you. Right. Because it's raining. Right. Listen, his, <laughs> if I had a spray tan like that and my hair was as delicate, I would also consider visiting a memorial in the rain. So <laughs> as somebody who spray tans once a year to keep my Beyonce on, I, I have complicated feelings about the president not showing up this weekend. But, you uh, know, like the other thing about the military, though, that I was going to say is that the thing about it that is I wish like more people would pay attention to is that who the people are that are pushing the message of like, you know, like uh, military lives matter above everybody else. It's like, what are the actions of those people? Right. If we lived in a world where veterans did not have to wait like hundreds of days for the services that they have fought for, right. if they didn't have to struggle so much with um, mental health resources that we're not giving them, or, you know, like we actually did something for like the wife, the spouses and the families of veterans who are always traveling and always disrupted. It's like, okay, I'm down to like listen to a message from a party or a people or a society that actually puts veterans first, but we don't. We they're completely disrespected all the time. Veterans Day is literally just like one big mattress sale uh, every <laughs> oh year. You know, it's like Starbucks is like, here, have some free stuff. It's all about capitalism. Right. And so the, fa I, the fact I, that like I SNL gives York. a message to that <laughs> is the fact that SNL, you know, like gives some like credence to that like right. drives me nuts because I'm like you are part of creating culture so either celebrate veterans or like step off ultimately and right. stop doing the bullshit that you're doing I felt bad because when I came to New York I um, lost my debit card the first night um, so I had to order <laughs> I had to rush order a new one and they were like mm, I don't know if it's gonna get here like Tuesday before you leave and I was like why can't it get here on Monday they were like it's veterans day and I was like oh. Trump don't care about the veterans, veterans. <laughs> let me get my card oh <laughs> and it did come on Monday <laughs> Well, so I guess the postal service did not care. Thank you for your service, postal service. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've never said those words in my life. Thank uh, you for your service. No, the well, my mom, thanking the postal service. Well, my, you my don't mom give, is, you my don't mom give is your no postman longer, a tip at the end of the year. My mom is no longer a sheriff. She now works for the postal service. So I I, I support the postal service. Okay, I love the postal service. But you guys, I just want to make a plug. She on this always podcast reads twice. That at the end of the year, you should be giving a small present or a tip to your mail person. You should get to know them. I don't know who my mail person is. I do That's know my mail person. Wild. And he hits on me, so no. I live in LA. Okay, your like mail person deserves. There's nothing. Okay, yeah. Time's up. Yeah. Time's time <laughs> up to your mail person. <laughs> you, you need to you need to package a box yeah. and give it to your mailman. Um, for I Christmas love my mail say, lady. She's say my best. gift to you is a clock because time's up. <laughs> That's probably a very complicated way to just like, stop flirting with me, bitch. I know. You could also, you could also just like, say, spend a lot of money. Cut you next time um, you holler at me. Um, Nobody would believe that. Finally, I just want like it's weird that SNL and NBC haven't really learned their lesson. You know, they brought <laughs> Crenshaw out. They brought Trump out. And uh, look what happened to and, him. Like, must over his hair. Yeah. You know, it was just like Fallon. You know, Trump did Fallon. Trump did SNL. Right. And now 
He's not even now funny. Now people found this Ugh. Crenshaw person. He was funny on the show. He and was, I, so they I, should I, hire him. So I was <laughs> like, don't let, don't put him in charge of any policy. Yes. Put him on SNL. I support this. I'm like, I am okay with my taxes going to pay for all the Nazis to just do entertainment on SNL, a show nobody should watch. Let him start a Gilly movie. (laughs) This is wild. Mm. This is really wild. What do you think? uh, Like, like, what's the deal, do you think, with, like, SNL never understanding, like, what line they're towing? I don't know. I think that they do know what line that they're towing, though. I think the line is controversy and getting people talking. Right. It gets the people going. But it's so clumsy. And it's like, you know, like from a brand perspective, I was like, this certainly does not feel great. <laughs> um, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to do like crisis PR over there. It's a nightmare. And also, it's not funny and it's not good. Well, that's the thing, right? If there were controversy and it were funny, you might be able to wave it away a little more easily. Now it's like, well, we're just getting riled up and you're just upsetting people. And at the core of it, most of the time, is just a pretty clumsy sketch. Right. Mm. Well, that's right. Well, Dan Crenshaw, if you would like a job on Keep It, um, (laughs) come do some one-liners. Dan Crenshaw's Keep It. He would be like, racial equality, (laughs) keep it. (laughs) Women's movement, keep it. Um, Sir, I disagree, but you delivered that very well. So, good job. (laughs) When we're back, we'll chat with Jeremy O'Harris, whose new play, Slay Play, is opening up at the New York Theater Workshop this December. What a name. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see... Footprints in the sand. That was when I carried you in my barefoot dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, 
I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. We are now joined by Jeremy O'Hara. Hello. <laughs> Playwright, friend, fantastic person. I mean, his color story is incredible. I, uh, the the fashion is always on point. On oh point. Like, the beanie has personality. Yes. The, like, brown on brown is lovely. And then the navy and the brown and the yellow. I'm telling you, the color story is epic. I'm and really sad for a lot of people. Lo- oh this is gosh. a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this makes people really happy. I'm also, I don't know, I think I'm trying to get an Acne Studio sponsorship. So I just walk around in this beanie all the time. Uh, Even when people can't see my face, I'm like, I'm wearing Acne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Someone listen. is listening from Acne. Tell somebody from some acne, acne better be listening. It's a the friend best. of mine has this really cute um, pink acne sweater. Oh my god! Well, yeah. they created millennial pink. Okay, the pink that is like the like the, the yeah the word that's the the new uh, vibe that's spreading. Where's your that where's your T-neck take from? It back. This is Gant, which is very okay. Yale of me. Okay, it's, like, it's a very like, there's a there's like a in Yale Gant, like just like truly, it's like if you go to Yale, you get fifty percent off. Fifty um, oh percent off? Actually, that might be a hookup. It might be a hookup from one of the managers for certain people. You know, I'm like, I'm about to go that. back to undergrad. <laughs> wow, like, that tuition is worth it. Like, are T, you serious? T. Okay, yes, I will pay the Yale tuition <laughs> so I can get fifty percent off again. Listen, I'm a refugee. Somebody is paying my Yale tuition. Hey. I'm, I'm, I'm still paying Tish for grad school. I'm not going to Yale. Um, for the for the fifty percent off again, I would sponsor a GoFundMe for you to go to Yale. <laughs> Thank you. One only one of us has to get in, and then. We well, all right, use a discount. Right. Well, Jeremy, I'm already in. Jeremy, I will not contribute anything, but I will get stuff. Your new play, <laughs> it's called Slave Play. It is called Slave Play. And it is opening at the New York Theater Workshop. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, okay. But we are four black people gathered. Um, this is like... Is everybody black. here black? Do you know that for sure? Yes. Are you scamming on Instagram? Listen, are I've you been, scamming on I'm Instagram? scamming on Instagram. As a white woman, as a white woman, I'm, you know, who spray tans occasionally, uh, this I'm is, really glad it's working out for me. This is Yo. basically black <laughs> Pod Save America right now. Oh my God. Yo, isn't it. it always though? Well, yeah, well, Lewis, 
Well, yeah. Sorry, Lewis. He's he might get he's, a black card at the end of the year for Christmas. Mm, okay. You gotta bring that up to the committee, first of all. I think if you know you as many Oscar movies as he knows, you cannot be black. Like I don't think that there's yeah. any like I mean, even the black woman who runs the Oscars doesn't know as many Oscar that, movies that, as the he black, does. <laughs> you know what I mean? The black woman who runs the Oscars probably watches one black movie a year. She's just like mm, she's like, You got movie money all day, every day. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but so, Lewis is blessed with many blacks in his yes. life, so it's cool. Uh, but since we're all gathered here, um, the midterms just happened. Have they happened? Past they, tense? We or? voted. Girl, well, actually, girl, they're happening. Actually, we still they, counting they ballots. They are still going they're on. They're happening. It is like trying to read uh, a Homer novel. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I meant to say James Fry, more modern, but okay. I couldn't remember no, that white man's name. That white man's did, he, did he release a new book? That man is still writing. I thought he, I think they like let him write wait, another one. Ta- I'm still reading the correction. Wait, <laughs> no, 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 wait. That's, that's we're talking Franzen. about the man. Franzen. Wait, <laughs> see, that is the blackest thing you've done wait. all day. Are you <laughs> talking James about Jonathan, Jonathan Franzen, Franzen or Franzen. or the one who lied to Oprah uh, in front of all of our a million faces. little pieces? Is James yeah. Fry? I'm okay. See, that's why I went with Homer because I couldn't <laughs> remember this man's name. Okay, and I met the one who wrote the corrections and then wrote some book called what was it? Oh. Freedom. Yes, and I. I remember being so mad when I had to go into a Barnes and Noble and freedom ask for freedom. Sounds, freedom <laughs> from a white woman. Freedom sounds like a book that a white South African would write that you have oh, to read. God. That you have yes. to read in like tenth grade English. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all like reading really it. Tiny books is like 45 pages. Freedom. Freedom is just what at Charlie's Africa tweets Please. every day. Enough. Listen. Who is at Charlie's Africa? Charlie's Twitter handle is Charlie's Africa. Shut the fuck up. Yes. She's Shut South African. Fu- Y'all not gotta let her. Oh my god! I will not let her cook a single thing. (laughs) She's really living that truth. That is wild. Yeah. So the midterms were this past week, and despite a few high-profile losses, particularly in Texas, um, shout out. That's because a black man didn't run in Texas. Shout out to O'Rourke. Listen, I listen. I want to see the receipts on Beto. Listen, I love, I love Beto. I am a long time. I went to college in Texas, like long time Beto, like family supporter forever and ever and ever. I am happy for him. But also, this thing of like the the way that he his profile is raised, and I'm glad that he acknowledges it, is because he is part in part because he is a handsome white man. Right. Yeah. He is but not. But is more, he that handsome? Oh my. For, listen, well, is, I'm that, not, is that not okay listen, to say? No, no, no. <laughs> it, it's okay to say, but I feel like the, some the crazy trap, woman did a Twitter trap, thread this week about how she wanted better to like make her come. No. So, listen, oh my God. the, the white people have I'm been not, wilding over him. The white people are always wilding. The trap that I'm not going to fall into is I, you know, I will say that like for society at large, better is handsome in the way that like white people jo- judge handsomeness. <laughs> But you know, like we are woke people here, and we got a better standard. So yes. I'm just saying. You I know? think after Obama, there are certain uh, men that just, you see they can't fill out in Oxford, right? And he can't truly. Yeah, fill but it you out. know, but you know what the problem is is that people think that people who are powerful look good. Like that's already a part of it, right? It's like mm-hmm. if you're tall and you are thin, that's like check check. Yes. Right. And then if you have power, it's like look at Barack Obama for real. I was like those ears. Look at the jeans this man is wearing. First of all, again, Barack Obama just like. I know. The ears was anti-African. I'm it was sorry very... to all of my wow. East African friends. Thank you. I'm sorry. On behalf I'm of sorry. Kenya. But I'm just like saying, it's that like the way that power makes, like people are sheep. If somebody is, that's why like ugly men are always dating beautiful women all the time. I was like power and money count for everything. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. 
Right. Well, called him, oh, I listen, Obama is like campaigning Wait. again in his old clothes. Like what you it? saw him last week. He was wearing that jacket and I was like, Michelle is letting him dress himself again. I don't like yes. this. What did Miss Doreen say, Felix? Uh, she called, No, she called Beto a beautiful string bean. A beautiful, hardworking string bean of a man. <laughs> I was like, that is it. I can see Doreen St. Felix. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, like, you know, I just mean that like you would be happy if like your white girlfriend married him. You know, you'd be like, good for you. Oh yeah, like he seems right. like a good guy. Yeah, you're yeah. like, he seems like a good guy. He, you know, like he knows things. Well, listen, he did some very good work in Texas. And if a few more liberals move in and we can get them evangelicals out of there. Well, actually, they're Californians. Yeah, it's not it's not people who are moving into Texas who are making, you know, helping with the blue drizzle, sprinkle, whatever it is. (laughs) It's it's native Texans. Oh, yeah. 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 Folks who move in actually tend to vote Republican. Wow. All of the exit polling showed this. It was two to one. The California people who vote who moved to Texas, the gentrifiers. (laughs) They're the ones. They're voting Republican. Yeah. yeah, we're not. We can't blame the white women this time. I mean, they did not do well. But like, the real problem is uh, people from my state. Yeah, is the people from your state because we're kicking them out because we're too democratic. Yeah, you right. got to kick them out to somebody else's yeah, and state. And they're dreaming of like people think that Texas is the South, and it's actually not. I mean, it's geographically the South. It is culturally not the South. It's not at culturally all. the South. I am from Dixie. Um, it's like my specialty, and um, it's, that's, <laughs> it's not what it is. But He's like, I romant- feel my freest in yeah. Texas. But people <laughs> romanticize it as it's like like you know heart like heartland of like right. southern. Yeah, South. My family's from Tennessee. Yes, so. that's real South. Yeah, yeah like actual Maryland South is more the South than Texas. Mm. Like yes. truly, culturally, Texas yes. is very. Okay. And Texas is very big. Also, Texas is huge. People feel differently about it. Most most of the way, I would say that Texan Texas people Texans just don't want you to fuck with them. I would say that they're <laughs> they're mostly like very independent people. They're very fair and. I think that the polling bears that out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's all these people that are coming in who are just, you know, I well, was like gentrifiers always. <laughs> aside from that, it was actually a historic election in the sense that it had the highest voter turnout in decades and the highest number of women and people of color elected. Hey, wow. um, drizzle. <laughs> unfortunately, Andrew Gillum in Florida and Stacey Abrams are still in limbo. Yeah, but I feel good about that. I feel good that Stacey fought, that she, I think it should be standard operating procedure for Democrats if they come within a whiff of winning to not concede and yes. to actually ask for them to count every Keep single vote. Fine. I mean, yeah. I get that Gillum was being nice when he Yeah, he was being nice. And, and now there's a recount. He's like, okay, yeah. let's count these Stace, votes. You know, yeah. Stacey put him on the group chat and she was like, what is wrong with you? She was like, don't make me look bad out here. Like, you gotta make him count every single vote. Yeah, because like, she definitely would have looked like the crazy black woman in Georgia. Like, you gonna count off? You know, and, and I'm, I don't know, why did I put that voice on? Well, that, that, that's not that. like that. Who taught you? Who taught you to hate yourself? Why are you doing that? <laughs> my, my grandmother, honestly, that's my grandmother's voice for other black women. I, but I, like she, you know, listen, she had a backbone. She's not saying that like she won. She's just saying count every single vote. Why right. don't we count all the votes? How hard can that be? It turns right. out it's very hard. Well, but maybe you know what? Andrew wouldn't have you know done that so early if he had you know Oprah in his ear like Stacy did. Because yeah. you know Oprah went down in the final days of the Abrams yeah. campaign, joined her on stage, and encouraged Georgians, particularly black ones, to vote. She said, for anybody here who has an ancestor who didn't have the right to vote, you're choosing not to vote wherever you are in this state, in this country. You are dishonoring your family. You are disrespecting and disregarding their legacy, their suffering, and their dreams when you don't 
vote. I'm gonna let our sister I... Hannah take that Hannah one because I'm gonna thoughts. I'm gonna flip this table right now. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I wrote about this, and um, you know, I heard that, and a lot of the a lot of the midterms run up. I just kept thinking like, leave black people alone, man. Like black people have been through enough <laughs> like, we in this do country our and beyond. And if you look at the voter turnout, it's not that black people are sitting at home being like, I don't care about democracy. I don't care what happens to me. Like none of that has been true, right? It's people showing up in record numbers, super high turnout. So all the condescension in all these like traumatic ways is just for who? Like who are you doing this for and what is the point of it? For their ancestors. No. like It's about ancestor worship. What? Oh my God. <laughs> it's Coco. How Coco explains the election. No. <laughs> Honestly, we need that. Um, no, I think it was really frustrating, right? Because she knows the power of her platform. And I think to, to use, to sort of come at people in this way when it's not necessary, especially when voting for black people and black people in Georgia in particular is not some sort of... They vote. Like, what, right, too. but also like... If they can. Right, in the face of suppressed. such odds, right? <laughs> like not it's suppressed. not, it's not just like walking by, you know, you're like, oh, you know, I'm bored. Let me go do this quick thing, right? It's an entire, you know, it's an ordeal. Mm-hmm. And so to like just downplay all of that, I think was really disappointing and like a missed opportunity fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Well, but do you, don't you think that like that's also part of this is a central frustration I've always had with like celebrity political activism right is that I think everybody should do their part I was happy when Taylor Swift like actually got a backbone and did something you can argue that it was late or whatever I appreciate when anybody does something it was late yeah but this is the point this is the point but this is the point I want to make people were dragging her for coming out for better three hours before the polls but I think but I think that that is worthwhile right it's like so when Oprah is going around like the ancestor worship part of it is like side rolly but when you show up three days before the election or like Diddy or whatever and they're like you should vote I'm like "Mm, actually where we need you guys is to register people to vote if you were doing this on when we need we need that surge of people to vote that's fine but then all you're doing is preaching to the choir it's really easy and then they also suck out all the energy in the room everybody's like oh my god this this celebrity is here and I was like actually Activists have been working here for a long time, mm-hmm. and a lot of time this is a distraction. But you know, it's like Beyonce. Well, I, that's why I supported Beyonce because you know she did. She yes, did the, the voter Instagram. registration. However, she were she was registering people to vote. Yeah, at, at every, all her on concerts, the run stuff. at all her concerts, and you know. But the thing is that like it does count for something when you in this era where like some celebrities want to be political about some things and not others, mm-hmm. and like you have to take a stance and you have to take one early. Again, it's like do it with your whole chest or don't right. do it at all. Speaking and, of our ancestors who were slaves. Well, some of us. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, I do some want to jump in on this for really, really quickly. Just because. That's anti-diaspora, okay? <laughs> no, and one thing I well, want to say about exactly. this that, I, that does bother me, and it is a good segue into my play, I think, is that I think that like one of the other issues that I have was, like, you know the, the whole like the the viral graphic that's always like, look how many white women voted for Republicans once again. <laughs> What's it's wrong be- with you white women? It's better than from Mitt Romney yeah. is what yeah. is crazy. But it's like, it's crazy. <laughs> What's crazy to me is that like, when, people, when people look at all the black people, like, black people didn't go out and vote in 2016. They're like, and white women all voted for Trump. I'm like, are we just going to ignore the fact that there are fully all these white men doing like right? most of the voting? We're <laughs> <laughs> all going to give up on how they are the, the problem. I like, don't know how to tell you this. Thing. That's literally how we live our lives. <laughs> it's, like like how you, it's like how you ignore your father and then you fight with your mother it's like that's I'm like that's that's yes. the story of this country but when like black celebrities sit on the, or like when I'm, I was literally on the train the day after of the day of the election and this white lady was walking by looking at everyone being like uh did you vote uh did you vote and she came up to me and she was like um I don't see a sticker <laughs> and I was like what she was like, I don't see a sticker I'm I'm taking people to the polls and I was like I voted and she's like where where's your sticker and I was like also the concept of taking people to polls when you're on the subway I'm like, don't bother me, bitch. 
I was like, I was like, this wow. is violent. And I was like, I felt, and it felt. So is this how? Is this another blackness. how like white people and black people are different? Like, I'm like, this is a fundamental. Like, oh if somebody came up to me on the train and was like, "Can I hold your hand to the bulls?" I would call 911 immediately. I'm like, I am joining the carceral state to lock you up Just because briefly. this is not okay. But it's also like, what do you like? Do you not know the concept of someone like having an absentee or like not living in New York or like right, any of the like? Do you just come where up with random folks being like, "Where you get? Did you vote?" No. <laughs> Bitch. Well, it's the but same, yeah. right? It's the same sort of operating logic as like black women, black people are going to save us. It's yeah. Like, I don't. What if I was going to go vote for somebody you don't want me to vote for? Like, exactly. Just because, you know, secretly like, black women have to go Republican because I, I know you're going to vote for a Democrat because look at you. You know, it's yeah. like what. <laughs> Uh, yes, I might be Candace over here, y'all. Ooh, right. Oh, <laughs> all, all right. All right, all right. What's going on? What's going on with Candace and Kanye? Is that over? Oh, Is it's that so friendship over. over? They're done. They're, they're done. done. The, girl, the girls are fighting. Do you it's... think that they're mostly fighting because of how ugly the logo was, and he did not want to be associated? <laughs> yes. Because there are a lot of levels. Yeah. There are a lot of places he could have jumped off the train, but I was like, he did not want to be associated with this particular graphic yes. for aesthetic reasons. He's a Gemini. I understand uh, that. <laughs> Jeremy, tell us a bit about Slave play i saw it yeah i can't can, say can you too much it? i where can't is tell us what okay. tell us how you where feel is can your you sticker <laughs> yes. where is the ticket stuff? <laughs> you to the play. Play. <laughs> no i was so nervous with you sitting in the room i kept being like oh my god i have to watch his face but i can't watch his face but i need to watch his face so i know how the play is working on someone who doesn't know what the fuck the play is because no one gets to know what the fuck the play is which yes. is like my the, the, the play thing. is a mystery by the way and slave yes. play is a mystery. Yes, yes. yes. Some that shit jumps dangerous. out at you. I'm so glad I've met you and that you can explain this to me because if a person was telling me this outside, I would think I was like on like NBC's To Catch a Racist. <laughs> like, what is going on here? You're like, it's called slave play. You, it's a mystery, and you won't tell me what it's about. Like, no way. Well, I mean, that's the. I mean, my my my. Uh, I think my director, who's a genius, is like out here being like, let's catch a racist. Because um, the first day we were talking about it, we were. Uh, I was like, yeah, there's an intermission. He's like, why why do you have an intermission in this play, baby? Why you got an intermission? And I was like, what are you talking about? This is a bad Robert O'Hara impression, by the way. And um, I was like, um, I was like, uh, and Robert O'Hara is great. Robert O'Hara is a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. He's written some of my favorite plays. He wrote Booty Candy, Barbecue, Insurrection, Holding History, like so many things. He's a genius. Anyway, he was like, um, he was like, he was like, why can't give these white folks a break? The slaves didn't get a break, and I was like, that is genius. wow, that okay. is genius. So okay. I took out if my. If somebody tweeted that, I would cancel them immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be like, unsubscribe. <laughs> this is too woke. Why do you need a Why do you need a break at the gap? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I feel moved. I think that people should see the play because it. First of all, it shocked me. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I was like, oh. And then I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, he did that. And you do do that. Uh, this is the second play of yours I have seen. And Where um, is your ticket? Where is, I want to see the stuff. Proof. I want the stuff. I saw a rehearsal, okay? I, I, I saw that exclusive. Wow. <laughs> That's not even built yet. Wow. Okay? Did that. It actually on, just got built on, yesterday. Get on my level. All right. Okay? I'm That's lounging okay. here in my Lululemon intent joggers. <laughs> what are you doing? Listen, I am also lounging right now. 100% silk everywhere. But I will ooh, say, uh, your Lululemons, I might get them at the end of the day. Yeah, they're good. They look really good. Yeah. Um, Why'd you write this? Oh God, it's so crazy. I don't. So I think I wrote this. Oh yeah, because I don't know. I had. Um, I was in LA. You know, I was in LA. I was playing poker with a bunch of white folks all the time. This is where we met. We met. We met in um, a east side of LA poker group. 
uh, just a bunch of white folks. A lot of white gays. Yes, me, you, and like who was two the other, most famous? Who was and the then, most famous who celebrity there? Um, when I, you know, when I showed up there, Lewis was the most famous because I used to love verbal Vogue. Yeah, Lewis Lewis Vertel used to do that too. Um, yeah. I think that there have been real famous people. Yeah, there have been real famous people. I mean, well, Frank Ocean went to the party a couple years ago. Yeah, we also always have a holiday party at the end of the year. It's called Alcohol Holidays. Frank Ocean Ocean went one year, uh, and I will never forgive my friend um, Carter Shellen, who I'm going to call out by name. (laughs) uh, Because his birthday was that same day. Say his social security number. So I went to (laughs) Alcohol Holidays, and then I left and went to Carter's party. And then I got texts from people, Frank Ocean is here. Are you in the bathroom? Yeah. And I was like, You gotta Arr. cut you gotta cut your friend off. Uh, and yeah. then the next year Troy Savon came. Oh. Um, oh, I saw him yesterday. Yeah. Um, very pocket sized yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Gemini. My friend did not know who he was, and she asked him um, for a photo, and he thought it he wanted she wanted a photo with him, and she was like, No, can you take a photo of me and Ira? <laughs> <laughs> The photo was good, though. Troy can take a good photo. I love that. I love that. Yeah, so you were in L.A. I was in L.A., and I was surrounded by white people. I I grew up in the South. I um, grew up in a place where, you know, identity is very static, you know? But um, because it's static, there's, like, a mutability to it in sort of entangled spaces. Sorry, I'm going to—God, I need to remember. You are on a podcast, not at Yale. You can say— You can can, can also—you can stop and say what you want to say. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Cricket cricket media listeners read— Okay. I was going to do it every week. <laughs> just like, I thought I was on Positive America, then it was the Black Positive America, so I'm like, how do I speak? Listen, um, some of us went to good schools on this podcast. Okay. It's cool. <laughs> I got a degree from Tish. <laughs> that is, Tish is slavery, yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but slavery that you that's pay what, for. That's why, that's why slave play really hit me, especially in the second act. Yeah. I was like, oh, I did exactly what they did at yeah. Tish. No, but you got to go see the play to know what I'm yeah. talking about. Listen, I'm trying to get on this VIP yeah. tip now. <laughs> um, but okay, so anyway, so I, I started thinking a lot about like black and white entanglement and like what, like you know, why I have been socialized to like I like to be like basically like um, a kept black body in white spaces. Like you know, I mm-hmm. um, and that that sort of processing of like what it meant to be socialized it led me to a lot of books and a lot of reading like i read a lot of jared sexton a lot of sadia hartman um i read fred moten and like his like blurring and swirling and you know mm. and um yeah and then like plays started falling Hannah out and amina are just being turned on by the mention of literature Listen, readers are leaders okay yes. okay you already know my political platform read a fucking book yes yes, yes. that's yes. how Always. we're getting free you said jared no. sexton and i was like the anti-black world is global uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god! All, like all my theory friends are gonna freak the fuck out. They're like, I'm done. no. But so I was reading all these like really exciting and amazing thinkers, and those thoughts were intersecting with like my lived experience. And then three plays fell out really quickly. So one of them was the play you saw. It was called um, Water Sports or Insignificant White Boys. The second, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> The other play that fell out of it was a play called Daddy, which is happening this season as well. And I think that that's what it was. And it, I mean, I'm at school last year. Um, I wrote this play my first year at Yale, like in a fever pitch. Like I wrote it in like I wrote it over the school year, but I wrote like one uh, one act, like in its completion. It were in its entirety in like o- over a weekend, and everyone's like, "This is really good." And they're like, "When's the next one?" I was like, "I don't know." And like, cause like literally, it's like it was like I cut myself and bled all into the room, so I had to like like fill up blood again. And then by the end of the next semester, I was able to like write over one long weekend again and wrote the second act. 
And we'd read it in class. And we brought actors up from the city. And everyone was like, this is really good. Like, how does it? And I was like, I don't know. And then I like waited a little bit. And my teacher was like, well, you got to give me a full play before the end of the school year. So you're going to have to, I don't know this whole bloodletting process you're talking about, but you need to go ahead and just give me a play. So then the third act, I was just like, okay, Jeremy, this is all you have to give. And I just like wrote from the third act, gave it to her the last day it was possible to give it to her. And she brought me to her office and she was like, I think this play is really special. And I hope you do it next year. And Aww. Jennifer Kiger really helped me see what my play was doing. And then it got produced a year after it happened at school, which is crazy. At the New York Theater Workshop. You yes. are it's not crazy. It. It's, yeah. it's blessings. This I love wild. it. Excellent. Uh, I know, right? Beyonce's going to come see your show. <laughs> oh my God. Please, please put that into the world. I was literally talking to someone about this last night. I was like, Beyonce and Jay-Z have to come see my show. They support black They will. Artists. They love yeah. black art. Do you feel fully self-expressed in, like, now that you... To, like have produced like three bodies of work around, you know, like it was like that singular moment, I guess, at the um, at the poker show. And when you were thinking about all these ideas, like, do you feel like you've let it all out? Yeah. I mean, it was so funny when I finished Slave Play. It was like I, I got like two commissions. I finished Slave Play and I got like two commissions and I had just written a movie. So all these other people were like, what else do you want to write? And I was like, do I know? Yes, that news did come out. Uh, yes. And um, Jeremy also, you co-wrote mm -hmm. um, the Zola movie. Was Janixa Bravo. Okay. okay, way to bury the lead. First of what all, we have to redo this entire interview from the top. I'm sorry. Excuse me? I don't want to hear about Yale things or Jared Sexton ever again. Let's hey, start hey. where it matters. Well, I mean, Zola, Asia is the Jared Sexton of Twitter. Like, and that was wow. literally my... Way to tie it all in No, but that was truly what my pitch in the meeting to, like, the Francos and Janixa and uh, Vince about why I wanted to do this movie. I was like, you guys, like, I don't look at her as some woman who wrote something on Twitter that I have to make better. I mean, she wrote truly like the, I was like, it's not an accident that black theater call, or black Twitter called it the Thodicy because it truly was an epic piece of writing in a new medium that we didn't have any like true poets in. And she was the first poet of that medium, and we owe it to her to treat this text that way. I mean, when she said well, Joyce lost Carol in the Oates game, will be very upset she, that you said I that. know when she said lost in the game and lost, lost in, in the, the sauce. sauce. Yeah. I think about that once a day. Yes. I was like, you have Literally. changed. You have changed my vocabulary. Yes. I'm gonna get lost in the chat. sauce in Paris. <laughs> yeah. My group chat is literally still named "Vibing Over Our Hoism" <laughs> to this day. Oh my god, I love so so many so many so many things, but like um. Like, let me tell you a story about how me and this white bitch uh, fell out. Like, it's long, but bear with me. It's, like, still one of the best things. That, it, like, it, like, grabs into you. And it's also, in that first tweet, there's a promise, right? There's a promise you're going to find out why she and this girl that she's smiling up with are going to fall. That's genius storytelling. I like, know. She has a strong arc. Yes. Right. It had, like, the she did not She did there. not have third act problems. No. Like, most Twitter <laughs> yes. thoughts, like, stories do. I'm always like, this is not gelling Well, here. you know what? Yes. I, the I, second I, act is a bit, um... Wait it. There's yeah. a lot that's happening. It's, it's like he tries lot. to kill himself. Yeah. He does that. And you're like, how do you fit all this in? I feel yeah. like the man in the story is who really drags the whole thing yes. down. I was like, you are not mm, necessary imagine. for the tension in here. Which one? Know, right? Which one? The black statement. man or the, the white black man? man? Oh, X. Yes. You know, but like, Coleman Domingo's playing X in the movie, so he ain't dragging nothing down. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I love it when we can let gays just play straight up studs. I hate. I hate that you just made me sound like some sort of like crazed teen 
girl, but that is like he is like top ten in the spank bank. So yes. that's exciting. He <sighs> he wore it to the Beale Street premiere. He wore like a crown, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? I was like, what's what's that about? I don't think like, I can engage with this conversation too much in a post Me Too landscape, but um, because oh I think I work with him or work for he works for me. I work for him. I don't know how it works, but um, we're working together now, so I'm professional. Yeah. Um, I think he's a talented I don't individual. Work with him. <laughs> You know what, Jeremy? I want to say I am so happy that I got you on the show before you are too booked and busy to do anything. Keep it related. Oh, my God. Um, thank you Please, for coming. The three of us thank are going to start a podcast competing with yours. I'm right. Yeah, are we just going to talk about like, like black... Like, Thodacy. <laughs> Thodacy. And Jared Sexton. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Jared Sexton. Sidia Hartman. You got, you got, It'll be called The Reading List. <laughs> you got Wilderson feelings, so do I. Oh, my God. Yes! Uh. Oh. Oh my God! All Wait, hold on. Where do you fall? Where do you fall on the Wilkerson, um, Moten, oh, Sexton? Like, can we you, just talk about that for three seconds? I know, but you're, you know, this is like where it's like it's a very serious Sophie's choice. Yes, and I feel like it makes and breaks friendships. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say something that might be not okay. Okay. I love Moten as a poet, mm-hmm. but okay. is she a theorist? Ooh. Uh, okay. That's... Question mark. Well, we're going to leave you with that. Uh, when we're back, uh, we're going to talk about the poets at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. Oh, yeah. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. So the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show was filmed this past Thursday right here in New York City. And it's been just as non-inclusive as it's always been. The runway featured Gigi Hadid, Bella Hadid. Muslim girls, hello inclusivity. Kendall Jenner. Adriana Lima. All of whom were not bigger than a size two. Last week, Ed Razak, an executive for Victoria's Secret also came under fire for making off-color comments about why the show isn't more inclusive. He said that he didn't want to include 
transsexuals because the show is a fantasy. And he added that if you're asking if we considered putting a transgender model in the show or looked at putting a plus size model in the show, we have. We attempted to do a TV special for plus sizes. No one had any interest in it. Still don't. He later apologized if his comments came across as offensive. And to be clear, we absolutely would cast a trans model. Um, we've had trans models come to castings, but like many others, they didn't make it. I wonder why, sir. Um, also, uh, the only fantasy here is that this man thinks that his company makes relevant lingerie. Like that's right. the first thing. When you Not are more with Fenty out here, right? When you are more known for uh, doing a fashion show on TV that most people do not watch than the actual clothes that you make, you should probably be worried about that as right, business. Or at least paying attention. Right. Like I, Victoria's Secret is not a. It's like the bottom of like not being inclusive. Like I'm talking like even women, <laughs> even women who are generally seen as smaller women right. within the fashion industry cannot find bras that fit them right. at Victoria's Secret. Right. Which or bras I, that are for them and not for other people. Right. Oh, oh, I so, mean that I mean there is no everything this is so in crazy. Victoria's I Secret. I feel like I'm finally learning the secret. <laughs> That's a Victoria's Secret. You can't buy, you can't wear anything at her house. <laughs> That's her secret. Nothing, her. In, nothing in her closet fits. But you know what I mean? It's like there's nothing in Victoria's Secret that is not about the male gaze, which I'm, I'm like, I don't know if they're following societal trends. This is not why most people buy lingerie. It is not why people get out to buy these clothes. And also, they're getting, they're going to get eaten alive by other brands who just cater to more people. I've never understood this. Why would you not want to make more money? Like, I don't think right. diversity is not a moral imperative. But if it is a capitalist <laughs> imperative, right. why wouldn't you want to make more money from for serving more bodies? That makes no sense to me. All I know is on the song R.E.M. on, <laughs> on, on, on Sweetener. On Sweetener. Okay. Uh, okay. On Sweetener, <laughs> okay, Ariana I'm said, with you. Um, what about La Perla? Let Vicky keep her secret. secret. Oh, mm. well, <laughs> so Victoria's Secret has been dead. What's, right, what's the point? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't, I don't understand. This, the whole ecosystem of that world makes no sense to me. Right, like, because there's Lane Bryant, which um, took a jab at Victoria's Secret in 2015 with their I'm No Angel campaign. Mm -hmm. um, there is... Playful Promises. Yeah, Third Love, Rihanna Savage, Fenty. Um, you know, um, there are other options. Right, and also there are actually a there are a lot of people who write very smartly about this stuff, like, um, Cora, like Harrington. Cora Harrington, who runs The Lingerie Addict. And has a book out. Yeah, and has a book out that I think everybody who um, wears lingerie or likes to see people in lingerie should read. Um, the book is called An Intimate Detail, How to Choose, Wear, and Love Lingerie. And yeah, that's Cora and, and the book is great, actually. It's all illustrated, so like that makes it more inclusive. The language is completely gender neutral in the book. It is an education in the actual like garment work, the work and the labor that goes into making those kinds of clothes and teaches you like, you know, both the fashion of it and also the practical like like why we wear undergarments and also wrestles with the like what does it mean to wear these kinds of clothes for yourself? What does it mean to wear them as a tool of seduction? And so when I think about the fact that there is somebody like that who is an independent person 
who is doing all of the smart work that most fashion publications do not do, that like most people who comment on this stuff don't do. And, you know, she doesn't get like half of the acclaim or the the credit that she should get. And she also like puts you on to like brands that do better work. Yes. And, you know, that like this asshole executive of Victoria's Secret, like, you know, it's so, yes, a man at Victoria's Secret is telling you like why he doesn't think that uh, certain kinds of bodies should wear the clothes that he has imagined for us. Well, do we think well, just some like, people fuck still want to look like this idea of sexy, you know, because I mean, but we nobody still, we're looks still, that way. We're still in an age though where people like, you know, use their bodies as a commodity, you know, like I can't scroll through Instagram. It's not just, I mean, we, it's weird that we only see ever like the Victoria's Secret fashion show because I'm like, I scroll through Instagram all the time <laughs> seeing a different gay thought somewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, where's their fashion show? Because it's like, right. I get that same thing every day, you know, it's like, and it's you're so much more interesting, with, but, it doesn't... but you're inundated with the likes, with the, the body pressure with this is what is selling on Instagram, at least, you know? Yeah, but I don't think it all has to be, you know, I think the beauty of sort of, uh, you know, like whether it's a Fenty or whether it's other folks who are kind of coming up now, you have like a third love and these folks aren't sort of making the kind of like mass marketed or like certainly aren't making the same money as Victoria's Secret, right? But there Mm -hmm. are different avenues of seeing your body represented as something that is worth desiring Mm -hmm. um, or that is worth just like living in and being proud of. And I don't think that Victoria's, I don't think Victoria's Secret's fashion show has ever occupied that space or that the store has ever been that for people. So I think the more we sort of seek that out in the market. So it's just really sort of name brand that got into the store. It's like a fun fantasy thing that you watch and you sort of like, you know, you go, you buy your like love spell in the little beauty store. But it's like, we're... (laughs) And they were the only ones. For a long time, they were the only... There was no competition for them. It came to that kind of of mass market. Right, the like mall space, right? Literally, in the mall. Back in Milwaukee, it was like, yeah. Yeah. You saw, it was so big. But it's also like, I don't... It was like that and like... Amber Crumb. Yeah, thing, but like, you know, but who like, cares about like the pink at Victoria's? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, first of all, that like the price point is not interesting to everyone. The whatever the fashion yeah, yeah, itself yeah. is not that interesting. And then I was gonna go back though to that thing, Ira, that you were saying about scrolling on Instagram and seeing things. I will say though that like from my own perspective, the 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 people in my feed who often take off their clothes. <laughs> Have made for like such a better. Um, they have made like my my corner of that the corner of my internet so much richer because I see a diversity of bodies. And so, right. in a place where you know, like, I would say that like for me that has been very healing and it has been very. Um, it has like challenged a lot of my own body dysmorphia and it has challenged a lot of my own confidence about how I feel about my body because, just you know, like seeing women who are like here. Just you're just like oh everybody has a different body you right. know like that which is, should be a sort of universally understood right. concept and bodies yet, are different right. and then and and also like because it is social media and we are so aware of like retouching and all you know and like surgery nobody is honest about the plastic surgery that is happening I'm the most naive person about plastic <laughs> surgery I once threw a party for a coworker who I thought was who had who said that she was out for medical reasons and I thought I you know so I was like through her party like organize a meal train and everything. That woman came back three weeks later with new boobs. I was like, this is wild. I can't believe you did that to me. But anyway, like, I'm not saying this to say, like, I think plastic surgery is actually totally fine. I think that it is just a thing that we should talk about and body manipulation and when we have this conversation of who is taking their clothes and what do they look like. But I will say that, like, if you follow people who look differently and you follow people who are honest about it, it actually, for me, has reinforced how much more, like, um, I should be kinder to myself and how much, like, you know, I'm just like, oh, like, the good thing about being, uh, 
I don't know, like being a non-white man uh, or even being like not a cis man is that I was like, oh, you get stimulated by so much more sexually. Oh, my God. And uh, and you have a more, I don't know, like a, like a more <laughs> robust appetite and yeah. open mind for what is sexy and what is hot. And so... I don't know, like Instagram has been like very good for me for that. Now I have like a secret thought account that I just like follow. I've been thinking about that. Oh, I've been thinking it might be time. I do yeah. it. And every time I get down, I'm like, who are the hotties in my feed? And let me tell you, like instant pickup. Hmm. I mean, Cora's blog is that for me in a lot of ways, a laundry addict, because it's like here are, you know, one places to think about shopping. Um, not that I'm even out here buying mad laundry like that, but you know what I mean? Like just just to know. And then she's she's been so committed to like showing lingerie and all kinds of like really like clothing and sort of intimate intimate forms of clothing on like such a wide diversity of bodies. Mm -hmm. And even like she um, models a lot of the sets that she mm -hmm. does. And I, you know, it sounds so cliche where you're like, oh, like a black woman, and you know, like yeah. I see myself. But truly, I was like, I've been reading fashion magazines my whole life. I could not recall, like, on a large scale, seeing black women in, like, in any kind of underwear campaign. Yeah. You know? And so, like, or that is also... one that wasn't just, like, black, a black bra. Totally. Black it's, like, right? a black bra or whatever. And, you know, or or even just, like, the conventions that black women have around, like, the kinds of colors that you can wear. That's a, or, yeah, that's what I was thinking. She know? has a set in, like, this really beautiful, like, emerald. And I remember being like, do I need emerald right. lingerie? Like, yes, you do, Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a I have a set now. Okay. So, thanks, Cora. But so, yeah, you know, it's, like, I think, I don't know, I, I like that a lot. I like also that she like challenges these brands because, you know, there are like many brands now that advertise on podcasts and they're always like, we have the most range of bras or whatever. Like they think that they're being woker than Victoria's Secret. Yeah. But the truth is that like they're also not catering right. to it's everybody. Like we go to a, a double D. Right. You like know, what? or like, yeah, exactly. And also people just don't women have so much shame around especially like bras, you know, because um, I spoke to Cora about this on our podcast. And um, and she was saying we were talking about like the myths of uh you know, like how every woman doesn't know their bra size. Because yeah, yeah. I remember the Oprah episode about that, which was yeah. like, everybody in America doesn't know their bra size. And it's like, I exactly how Oprah sounds. <laughs> you know, like it, it was such a like an iconic And she Oprah was like, thing. if you yeah. don't know your bra size, you are disrespecting the ancestors. Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, Cor but Cora's whole like point about this that was so smart is that this is a thing that we tell women to, you know, like to make them feel bad where the truth is that like, no, actually everybody's body is different. Also, Every single day, your bra size could be different based on, like, where you are hormonally, where you right. are, you know, like, whatever, all this stuff. And she was like, I don't know. It was such an awareness of you should know how the clothes that you wear are made and you should know why they are made and you should know how you wear them and how, you know, like, how to get them for you. And so I appreciate that. So... I don't know, Victoria's Secret should shut down and give her every single penny yep. instead. Well, you know, there's also this growing backlash now, you know, because um, there was an interview in the Daily Beast, um, a woman, Jocelyn Ratzer, she quit her job at Victoria's in Orlando because of the trans comments. Good um, for and, her. You know, a lot of people are starting, you know, a lot of backlash on the internet as well. Even um, Carly Kloss uh, and Lily Aldridge. Uh, Carly Trump? <laughs> Carly Kushner. <laughs> listen, I, I heard she's a, she's out. a tech lady. She she codes now. Um, oh god! Listen, STEM. I know, but it's so it's also so cruel when I think about it from like a brand perspective. You know, it's just first of all, if when you are going out of your way to make trans people and gender non-conforming people and non-binary people feel bad, you should really like. I, I just only wish bad things for you. Right. It it is. Life is already hard enough for people in different bodies who want to just 
exist underwear and and exist like this is not you know and so i just want some double tap you know so it just like that frustrates me a lot and it frustrates me that as a company victoria's secret is not taking a stronger stance on that i was like first of all um trans people are the future of your company and they are your like they are potentially your customers and you should treat them with dignity and as a company like you should be aware of that also it's 2018 that stuff is not like, we're not asking you to do anything here. There right. is no accommodation that needs to be made. It's like, just don't be dicks, thank you, and take our money. Mm. Right, I think it's a fair, It's a basic premise. And then you think about the fact that so much, like, so many trends, like, fashion-wise, are dictated, like, originally by trans women. So the goal yep. of taking those yep. ideas and being like, here's an aesthetic that we like that originated from these women who we don't want, we not forget, not accommodating explicitly. Like, we don't yep. even want to lend credence to the idea yep. of their humanity. Like, that yep. is a wild thing to do and to yep. take a stance on. Like, when you don't have to, you could literally be quiet. Or, yep. you know, like, there are just so many just, ways of moving around that and not... As Kara says, just say nothing. <laughs> nothing. Just say... I know, but people always go out of their way to say hateful things. They're always saying the quiet thing out loud, and they're always telling on themselves. Yes. Yeah. Thank you both for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Um, when we're back, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back with my favorite segment of the episode. It's Keep It. Wait, hold on. Um, I think I'm getting a phone call. Karen Lewis. Oh, my gosh. Um, you really fooled them with that brilliant bit you just did. <laughs> I wanted it to, you know, to be a fun surprise for the audience. You could have said you were getting paged or a fax came in, but no, just a call. His two-way pager was blowing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a message from you on Excel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was LA? Uh, I just bought my first chapstick for the season, uh, which I am disappointed about. As you know, I am unfriendly with this season. Kara is trying to break me into fall as he, a concept. And Lewis came to my fall ball. I did. And Yes, you threw a party for your 30th, which I'm sorry, I missed. I know, today's uh, actually my birthday, which is funny. That, I know, happy birthday. Um, but Lewis came to fall ball and, and wore like eight polos and I think got <laughs> in the spirit. Yes, and also, excuse me, I met Kara's mom and dad and we talked about how I'm going to be invited to Louisiana and you aren't this time, Ira, so <laughs> take that, dumbass. Okay, well, I'm flying to Paris, so I'm good. Okay, but, um, good have riddance, fun. thanks. <laughs> Um, all right, we're doing Keep It. Let's do this. Kara, what's yours? So my Keep It revolves around Jill Scott, who... Living her life like it's golden. Living her like it's something. Jill Scott... Part of the detective agency. The late, the number one ladies detective. <laughs> that was actually a good show. Um, Jill Scott was at a concert, and basically she gave a microphone... A blowjob? Is that how we'd say it? Definitely. No, she was like cradling imaginary microphone balls, too. Yeah. Um, it was, it went on for much too long. But the thing is, my keep it isn't to Jill Scott. It was to the entire internet, where now my entire Twitter feed is people talking about Jill Scott and her ghost blowjob. And I, I feel like there's some <laughs> things we should just say, you know what? 
we're all not going to talk about this. We're just going to let it happen and we're going to live our lives. Do we all need to spend the next three days talking about this? I don't think we do. I would like everyone to keep it, to keep their tweets. I don't want to hear about this anymore. We should have let this pass gently into the night and never spoken of it again. Also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, both Tina Turner and Donna Summer have a history of like filleting microphones, so it's not even that revelatory, honestly. I'm happy for Jill Scott. And also, what's that song she had? Uh, uh, oh, let's Take a Long Walk. That's still a great song. But... I mean, she has, and, and then it was a lot of people being like, oh, you must not know Jill Scott. Her songs are sexy. I, I'm like, a lot of people's songs are sexy. That doesn't mean they're like sucking down a mic. <laughs> I just find it stressful and I want it. I want it desperately to be done. It's like this. It's like I already know that the rest of the week on Twitter, there's a meme hasn't started yet, but I feel it coming. Oh, yeah, sure. It's probably coming. I just I'm just irritated that it's now taking up space in my brain. And before I, I didn't know any of that. I didn't see her greasing up her hands to to do whatever it was she was doing to the mic. I didn't know about any of this a day ago, and I would like to go back to those simpler times. <laughs> well, Lewis. Yes. Your Keep It, both of ours are similarly tied to the same subject. Sure. Um, I have been sad today because Stanley passed away. That's um, correct. And I think... Most people who know me know how much um, his comic books meant to me. I know your damn t-shirts, if that's what you mean. Yes. Yes, my Spider-Man tattoo as well. Um, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) But um, our keep-its are both Stan Lee related. I'm going to let you go first. Okay, first, I mean, it pains me to say keep it to Gwyneth Paltrow because she is such a -a one-of-a-kind human being who deserves everything and has it. Um, <laughs> but uh, Gwyneth Paltrow on Instagram the other day uh, posted a picture of herself with Chris Pratt wearing this $615 <laughs> dress that, you know, is the Gwyneth color, like hard beige with glitter on it. And uh, the caption is this. For my pal who asked this retrofit dress now for sale in the goop shop. Thanks for the hug, Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. Update. I just heard about Stan Lee. He will be so missed. What a genius and always so lovely. True gentleman. Gwyneth, you can just make a new post where you <laughs> commemorate his life. You don't have to like stamp this onto an advertisement for an oatmeal-colored gown? <laughs> What's Gwyneth. so funny is I saw the post before the update, and even then I was like, is this a picture of you and Chris Pratt, or is this an ad? Right. She's like, can you believe it? I know Chris Pratt. It's like, I think I already knew that. What does that have to do? What do those two things even Nothing. have to do with each no, other? No, it is literally like a sliding doors into a world where she made another post about San Lee. <laughs> but no, she made it into this one. So anyway, yeah, she's, she I'm looks ravishing. Her, I'm imagining her finding out about San Lee and like, oh my God, how do I, I, I was just trying to sell a dress and now everyone will be mad at me that I'm not talking about Stan Lee. Update. <laughs> right, she thinks she's like I solved the problem here. I'm talking about a dress and Stan Lee now. Do you, are you somewhat comforted by the fact that you now know 100% that she does her Instagram posts? Yes, I guess because you're there's right. There's no way anyone with any sense who was getting paid to do that would have right. thrown the update in. She she's definitely an entrepreneur yeah. and runs her own brand and if you can't afford a $150 oatmeal, that's your problem. This is true. 
I kind of liked the dress, though, I got to say. No, I mean, like, Gwyneth knows what she's doing silhouette-wise. So. I mean, in 6.15, for her, that's... Basically, like a Target run. <laughs> She's like, "This is my J Lo from Sears shit, yeah. please." <laughs> my keep it came to me in the middle of the night. Uh, I was trying to get some sleep, and I opened Twitter, and lo and behold, Armand Hammerhead himself. Um, that's code for Army Hammer, everybody. Moving on. Army Hammer shot off a very dumb tweet. He um, said, so touched by all of the celebrities posting pictures of themselves with Stan Lee. No better way to commemorate an absolute legend than putting up a picture of yourself. Interesting. <laughs> Why is he so? Be- so is he best friends with Stan Lee? What's the bitterness? Was he in a, was he in a Marvel movie? He was in a Marvel move. What was, was he, he in? I know someone wrote. Uh, someone responded to him with, um, "They worked with him," and he responded, "Me too." <laughs> um, That's what that I'm means. Trying, I'm trying to remember what thing he was in. Um, I'm sure it was wonderful and he was wonderful in it guys is he a great actor or is he just hot and seems nice I don't know he's an okay actor he was the fourth best performance in Call Me By Your Name you know what's funny though I don't I don't 100% disagree with him because there is some I generally do not like the morning the celebrity morning social media cycle that happens and I do think there is something rather narcissistic about within minutes of learning that someone's died, you post a picture of yourself with them to prove, like, I don't, I, I actually don't really like that. Um, I understand the urge, like I, I get it. And if this is your friend, but in particular, when it wasn't your friend, when it was just like, you met them one time on a red carpet and you have the picture, it does feel a bit disingenuous, but I mean, I kept the that people thought to who myself. Were doing <laughs> it, the people who were doing it too, were people like, who were actually in the Avengers you know, and yeah, like, it was like Lupita Nyong'o. It was like fair, yeah, right, right. It's like you worked with him on this movie with a character that he created. Like that's understandable. No one would expect you to do it because I just Google it, and he was in the animated series Stan Lee's Mighty Seven, where he did <laughs> voice acting. It's like okay, no one's gonna expect you to put up a photo with Stan Lee, bitch. Can I tell you something? I'm still hung up on. I was trying to get to sleep, so I checked Twitter. Right, yeah. You have a disorder. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't normalize Um, your syndrome in front of us. (laughs) Um, Also, I'm just starting to think that maybe Army Hammer might be an asshole. You know what Um, I will say, though? Taking pictures with Stan Lee in particular seems like a a kind of industry that exists like he's a cameo oriented person. So there's like particular value in getting a picture with him. So I concur that posting a, a picture with him right after he died feels a little like come on now but at the same time everybody also has those pictures so it also seems appropriate That's yeah it was um i mean it was was it just this i remember when i remember when ann helen peterson wrote um an article about him for buzzfeed you know about why um hollywood kept giving him chances oh um, army hammer yes mm-hmm. yes army hammer because he kept you know having box office failures and then he finally got call me by your name um and he was you know mad about that and deleted his Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> then he came that. back. But then I remember when months later, um, 
when there was this bad profile of Jennifer Lawrence in um, Vanity Fair, um, Anne Helen tweeted that, you know, she just thought that the profile was banal and didn't really offer much insight into her. Um, Army replied to her, Anne, your glass seems chronically half empty. Maybe try meditating or even medicating. (laughs) Hashtag chill pill needed. Oh, someone should smack him for that. Chill pill needed. Is this Blossom? Who fucking says chill pill? He has the Ryan Reynolds effect where he could not open a movie to save his life, got one good shot that was really based off of the material and had very little to do with the actual star in it. And then now thinks that he's like a legitimate movie star or whatever it is. Right. No shade he's to the like man from the, Uncle, though, which was pretty good. Moving on, I fucking love the man from Uncle, mm-hmm. but um, he like also Army. You were like the only one who didn't get a nomination for Call Me by Your Name. Well, Timothy was the only one who got a nomination, but there was buzz for everybody well, else, including my man Michael Stahlberg. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I mean the movie also got you know Best Picture. I mean, it was just a very lauded and buzzed about film, right? And none of the buzz was about Army. Well, yes, I'd forgotten that Michael Stolberg was was tragically denied his Oscar again. I I think both you and Army should just stay off Twitter at two a.m. <laughs> right, and we'd have a lot fewer problems. I th- yes, I certainly I, would. You were part of the problem, Ira. That was. I'm glad we diagnosed that. Oh, well, thank you. I'm certainly glad that you two called in to be rude to me. (laughs) (laughs) I miss you two. I'll see your dumbass soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm never coming back. I'm going to do the show with uh, Catherine Deneuve and Rita Ora. Uh, Who are very big wherever the fuck they are. Yes. I guess that's our show. I want to thank you two for calling in. I want to thank um, Hannah Georges. I want to thank Aminatou So, and I want to thank Jeremy O'Harris for also being on the show today. I fucking love Jeremy O'Harris and know him from a poker game I go to. So we what? talked about you, you on play the show. A po- what? Isn't that wild? You will you we go talk- to like a regular poker game? But it's like gay poker, and the stakes are it's like five dollar buy-in and a smile. Yeah, we talk about you on the show, Lewis. Oh, good, good. I love yeah. I love buzz. <laughs> uh, please fill in Kara about how you play poker because I could I, I, I just imagine her face I now have to go and see this yeah she shrieked yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright I'll talk to you all later goodbye bye Bye. that's our episode we'll see you next week with our Thanksgiving spectacular Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.